Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Happy, happy Bravo-tober, Yins guys, and welcome to Bravo! East Coast Housewives. I'm your host, Kim Hacera. And you know what? October is here. Um, I hope Yin's guys have been having a great spooktacular month. I know that was really stupid, but fuck, I like that shit. Definitely been obsessed with, listen, I love Bravo. Clearly, this is why we have the show. I do have to admit, whenever October comes around, sometimes I do find myself indulging in the 31 days of like spectacular Halloween shit on the Freeform Network, I do have to say. So I've been enjoying that as well. So this bitch is watching Hocus Pocus again like crazy because I love it, but it is not taking away my main focus of my Bravo Liberty Bravo shows, okay? So... I just wanted to get that off my chest. Maybe I was feeling a little guilty. Maybe that's why I wanted to bring it up to Yin's guys. But anyways, yes, I hope Yin's guys are having a great start of the week. Uh, I know that I am. The only unfortunate thing right now is some fucking garbage truck is around my apartment and like you can hear the bleh coming around. So if you hear that, I'm sorry. Okay. Let's just go right to uh, what the Bravo, shall we? And there are some things that I want to talk about that are important to me that I felt like was uh, something important. So here we go. So first and foremost, what the Bravo? I'm sure, maybe not all of you, but I'm sure some of you have watched the uh, season premiere of The Real Housewives of OC. I did. And uh, I just wanted to check it out and see what the fuck is up because it's different now with Tamara being gone, Vicky officially being gone forever. And I just wanted to see how these bitches were going to be, you know? I'm just curious. So watch the first episode. Main thing that we all took from it is uh, that Bronwyn is an alcoholic. She admitted it on the show at the very end. Uh, Definitely pulled the heartstrings a little bit and... um, it's nice that she's opening up the issue and she she has the platform to kind of talk about it. And I think that is going to be very helpful to other people that may have this addiction problem. So I will give props up to Bronwyn because that is very, uh, it takes a lot of courage to do that. So she is strong to do that on the platform that she has. And we are all sending you all the love and the support that you need. That's to not only Bronwyn, but to anyone who's dealing with that situation, because I'm sure it is a hard process uh, to go through. So we find that out. What else do I remember from the episode? Uh, Gina meets this dude. I forget his name, but I guess they kind of moved in together, sort of. They're kind of like the Brady Bunch at this point. So that'll be interesting on how that unfolds. We see Shannon Storm Spador coming in hot. We see her uh, boyfriend for the first time. And I guess he has a shit ton of kids too. So they're kind of like the Brady Bunch as well, but they're not living together. So that was interesting. Emily and Shane, they're getting back on track with their marriage, which was kind of nice to see. Shane is still a sarcastic POS sometimes, but you know... Do we love him? I don't know. I kind of like him. I don't really enjoy his sarcasm. He's kind of a prick sometimes. But uh, I don't think that he's an awful guy, let's just say. There are definitely uh, worse gentlemen than him, you know. 
And Kelly, she's like obsessed with her now husband who got married on 10, 10, 20, but we all know that it was Cynthia's day. Hello. Shout out to Cynthia. So yeah, we see that for, damn, where did the time go? Jolie got so big. She's a teenager now. Like she had like some sort of growth spurt, you know, maturity happening. It's crazy. She's wearing makeup and shit. Like watch out. Okay. Because there's a little Kelly Dodd coming out on your way. But I do feel like Jolie has a little bit more of a control (laughs) with her temper and probably her mouth. So there's that. Then I feel like I'm missing someone. I think this season, honestly, is going to be about Bronwyn's um, alcoholism and uh, the way that she's dealing with that. I think that is probably going to be the big thing for the OC season. And then I think just the relationships that Kelly, Shannon, and Gina are forming. So I don't know. It's not going to be like the drag me, Monique. It's not going to be like that. It's not going to be like, Denise, did you fuck Brandy? So, you know, I think it's just going to be regular shit for the most part other than the alcoholism thing so but now that we're still on talks of Bronwyn she went and she expressed that she is currently not living with her husband right now her husband Sean with the the crazy ass necklace that everyone was talking about last season I forget what kind of necklace it was was there like a shark tooth on it who knows but he got shit for it from the ladies so she admits to a rep from ET that her and Sean they haven't really gotten along for a good while and I think part of it is probably the whole alcohol thing and the stress of that and coming to terms with it and recognizing it within herself so they didn't really get along when they were living together so they wanted to take some time apart and she is what it seems like from the article that I read seems like she's living by herself she also expresses that she does not have a man in her life like she's not seeing anyone basically so it seems like she's still committed to Sean um she said that they're trying to take some time to redefine what their marriage is to them and that they're basically not following the traditional uh marriage rules but like let's just be real Ashley and Michael they haven't been doing that either I will get to that because this episode of Potomac oh intense in my emotions with the whole Ashley Michael drama too many excuses from him but I will get there so with her making the point of not doing the traditional marriage thing and what society expects of you I'm just saying you do you if it works for you do it if it doesn't change it up and try to figure out what is workable for you and your partner Now, moving on from the OC to my girl, Tinsley Mortimer, who's in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, I know that she's totally down with the whole rescue shelter thing. Shit, I should probably DM her and be like, hey, I'm trying to find a damn dog. No one is responding to me. I'm getting really upset. And yes, I still haven't gotten a response. I even emailed someone today about the dog that I requested. No answer. You know why? Automated message. Frustration right here. I'm upset. But anyways, Tinsley, I may DM you because I want a damn dog. And I want you to help me, girl. Come on. Anyways, Tinsley was talking about when is she going to have babies? When are her and Scott going to have the babies? Well, 2020 obviously went to shit. We all know that. Uh, 2021, she is more focused on the wedding, which, oh, she would be the perfect Bravo spinoff for like Tinsley's wedding. I mean, I know that we saw it with Candy. I think we saw it with, um, who, did we see it with Kim? I can't remember. Maybe. We saw Cynthia get married to Peter on Atlanta and Tamara. We saw Tamara too. That was kind of boring to me, but we all know where I stand with Tamara. I'm not like a huge fan of hers, but anyways. 
I think out of all of the housewives, I think Tinsley would be the best to have a wedding special. Now, it's not going to happen because we know that Scott doesn't like that shit. He don't want to be on camera. I guess that's his prerogative. Cool. But like, what the fuck? We love Tinsley and she would be perfect for it. And you know it, Scott. Come on. So she was saying that they're going to focus on the wedding in 2021. And then after they get married... Then the priority will be the baby making. You know what I'm saying? She also brings up, because I guess someone asked her, hey, Tinsley, do you think that you could kind of talk to Bravo and be like, hey, Real Housewives of Chicago, listen, I already have like a hashtag for it. So it would be hashtag R-H-O-C-H-I. Can you believe it? That has such a ring to it. Like, holy fuck. Watch out. I want it to happen. I want to be on the fucking show. I mean, come on. Hello. I would be great at it, I think. So Tinsley addresses that and she says, I'm going to quote what I uh, what I found on the website. She says, and I quote, I know a lot of people were saying this means that I can do Real Housewives of Chicago now that she's basically out of New York and she's in Chicago. And she says, in my relationship and the life I'm having with Scott and my dogs and trying to have a child in the near future, putting cameras is not something that I want to do. I do think there are so many things that can go wrong in those situations, and I don't need that added stress to my life. Scott also does not like being on camera. We already knew that. Clearly, if there is going to be a Real Housewives of Chicago, which obviously there isn't because they wanted to go to fucking Salt Lake City first, whatever. November 11th, I'll give it a try. But yeah, if there is going to be one in the future of life, Tinsley's not going to be on it. That's fine. I'll fucking be on it. I'm ready to go. You know, I'm ready. Okay, I can do more than just this podcast and all the other shit that I'm doing as far as my hustle is going around. So like, I'm ready, Bravo. Come on. So now we're going to we're going to go down a little south from Chicago, you know, from New York City. We're going to go to Charleston, honey. Okay, so new drama. Catherine and Thomas Ravenel custody battle again out of how many times that we have seen that play out on the show. Obviously, we know that Thomas is no longer on the show, hasn't been on for years because he got so many goddamn problems. We all know that. We don't have to discuss it. But we see that Thomas did end up getting another bitch pregnant. Her name is Heather Masco, or I don't know how you say her name, but whatever. Congrats to you, I guess, you know. So I guess they're getting married. He's like totally down for it, ready to go. But he's also explaining that he wants to move. Kenzie and Saint out of Charleston, about two hours away into some, I don't know the neighborhood, but it's two hours away from Charleston. So he wants to take Kenzie and Saint with him because he feels that there is so much negative attention to the kids and the family in Charleston. And he wants to get away from that because he feels like it's the best interest of both of them. Do I agree with him? Yeah, kind of. But also at the same time, I'm wondering, does he now have full custody of the kids? Because from the article that I read, it seems as if Thomas is cool with Catherine seeing the kids on the weekends or every other weekend. So something's going on there. And I want to know. And if they don't have joint custody, what the hell happened? Because I want to know. I'm curious. So Thomas sends a letter to Catherine's attorney basically saying, hey, I want to move my kids Renavigate them because their opportunities will be better elsewhere and the negative press and all this shit for my family. It's just going to be a healthier living style for my kids. So we'll see how that turns out. We all know 
that Catherine has some mood swings sometimes. So I wonder if we'll see that this season on Southern Charm. But I'm curious, is uh, where's your head at, Catherine? Are you going to address this to us on social media? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. But now, let's move on from the Southern Charm drama to the best drama of life in the Bravo world right now, Real Housewives of Potomac, the main event. This episode was really enjoyable to watch concerning Wendy and the sip and see for baby Cameron. It was really cool to see Wendy sharing her traditions with the cameras, basically with all of America, whoever's watching and shit. It was just nice to see her share that about her life. I enjoyed it. Seemed like it was a really nice party to be a part of. So whenever we see the episode start, it's all about the planning Eddie and Wendy are talking about who they're inviting. It's not going to be this huge ass thing, but they want to make sure that friends are there, but also family. We also know the history of Eddie and Wendy's family as far as their parents and how basically Eddie's family has really been estranged from them and they haven't really been involved in their lives ever since they got married and they had kids. So Eddie was talking about the potential to inviting his parents because he wanted them to be there. You know, your grandparents should be there to see your grandchildren. I mean, that's just what should happen. It doesn't always happen, but that's what their hope was. So Wendy shares that the Nigerian tradition of the sip and see, it is called a kupate. So we learn much more about it whenever we actually get into the party. So after she brings it up in the episode that they are going to do that, Then we transition to Ashley and Michael going to a therapy session. In this session, we see Michael open up and Ashley's bringing up his indiscretion with the bitch in the damn hotel that took a snapshot of him in his boxers and sent it to the blogs. Bitch, come on. We coming for you. But not really because like I'm not threatening your life because that's fucked up. I would never do that. Okay. I'm a grown ass woman. I know not to do that. Anyways. So we see Michael open up about his toxic relationship with his father, I guess, growing up. And you know what? I'm sorry that you had to go through that, Michael, growing up, okay? But guess what? You cannot use that as an excuse for your alleged penis going to some other woman's vagina that is not your wife's, okay? I think that is a terrible excuse that you're using your father growing up and shit as as allowing yourself to go do that and do the indiscretion. Stop using your upbringing as an excuse on why you potentially cheated on Ashley. That is fucked up, and I feel like some people, aka some guys, use that as an excuse. And I'm sorry, that's not an excuse. As people in Chicago say, referring to the football team, the Chicago Bears, I will tell you, Michael, to bear down and grow the fuck up And deal with your shit. And then we see eventually Uncle Lump says something about the whole indiscretion, but I will get to that in the order of events of the episode. But yeah, I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I got mad at that. That was not cool. Let's just be real. His relationship with his father has nothing to do with the potential sexual intercourse that he had with another woman. Has nothing to do with his father. Then we see him admitting that he feels like he's been pushed out ever since baby Dean was born and that he feels very isolated from his wife. And, you know, this is another thing that annoys me. And Ray kind of does this, too. Whenever him and Karen take that light cardio brisk walk, 
Sometimes I feel like with these men, I feel like they expect their women to stay the same and never change for the better. And we are seeing that a lot of these housewives do change for the better and they become these strong business women and they know how to do their shit and it almost seems like these men don't know how to handle it because they're not used to it. Well, you know what, motherfuckers? It is 2020 and Yin's guys got to get over it. Sometimes I feel like they use that as an excuse. Michael especially, basically saying that he's all upset that Ashley doesn't really pay attention to him that much. Well, guess what? You have a fucking baby. That's why. Baby Dean is more important than you at this point. And if you didn't even know that that was going to happen whenever you had a baby, maybe you shouldn't have had a baby. And then we all know that Ashley wanted a baby. We did. And she's a great mother. We can see that. You obviously are all seeing that I'm very angry at Michael. It's very frustrating to have him try to put all of these excuses without taking actual accountability for his actions, okay? I'm not even going to continue to talk about this because I think we all know where I stand. Ashley, I fucking love you. I support you. I think you are a strong-ass bitch, especially for staying with Michael. That's just my thing. So when we do get to Karen and Ray taking their light cardio brisk walk, can we just go back to the fact before they went out? Uh, <laughs> Ray, what were you doing with those big ass zombie figures? Was it around Halloween then? I have no idea. But like the fact that the scene with those zombie figures by the door happened before their serious talk, I appreciated that. I thought that was kind of hysterical. <laughs> I think Bravo just wanted to bring some comedic relief because we saw the heaviness from Ashley and Michael's therapy session going on to the heaviness uh, of Ray and Karen talking about how fame and fortune potentially went to her head. So thank you for the zombie comedic relief. I appreciated that. Um, So whenever we do get to Karen and Ray walking in the neighborhood, she wanted to address to him, hey, you know what? We're so disconnected. I really want to try to fix our marriage to make everything work. Like, I love you. I'm still bothered by the fact that you said that you weren't sure that you were in love with me. And she asked him, are you intimidated because of me being a public figure now and me having the La Dame fragrance? Like, does this intimidate you that all of this stuff is happening to me? And he basically said that, you know, we all grew into this together, like the fame and the fortune. And then she's like, I thought this was interesting. She said, oh, we we did? And he's like, yeah, so I felt... Whenever she said that, it's almost like she didn't want to give him any credit to anything. I don't know if that was the right move, because if you think about it, Ray also had to agree to be on the show. He clearly has been supportive of Karen to be on the show. And he has been supporting Karen with the LaDawn fragrance. So for her to just take everything herself... I don't know if that was the best thing to say because I don't know if that's fully true, but I would have to say the majority of the success with everything right now is Karen herself, but I do feel like Ray was supporting her and I do feel like he is a part of the process as well. So for her to kind of diminish that, I don't think was right. He did say that he felt that the whole fame and fortune is getting to her head. And I think I read on some of the other girls' Instagram accounts, I think they did kind of validate the fact that they feel like that may be true too. I personally think 
Could there be a little bit of truth to that? Maybe, but I don't know because I don't fucking know her personally. So who the fuck am I, right? But just by seeing the show and just seeing her attitude kind of progress and the way that her confidence is, I do feel like it is a little different in a way. So I don't know if Ray is fully off on that, but I think they are potentially trying to make the marriage work and try to have them come back to a happy medium of everything. So I just hope that it gets better because I feel like Ray's kind of checked out a little bit and if they don't work hard at it, I think it's going to be done. I think it's going to diminish out and uh, in music they will have a fine and it will be the end. But I hope that doesn't happen. So then we have Candace. She's going to the Montgomery courthouse to do what? She's pressing charges against Monique for the hair tug felt all around the world. Not the ponytail pull, but the hair tug. So we see that she's getting some uh, encouragement from her mom. I find it kind of interesting that this whole incident is bringing her and Miss Dorothy uh, closer together. It is a bit sad, if you ask me, that they had to kind of feel this closeness due to the fact that someone, you know, pulled against her hair. That kind of sucks, Um, but I guess that's a good thing that they're closer now, right? (laughs) I don't know. So after she goes to the courthouse to press the charges, we'll eventually see how that comes into the play at the Sip and See when the ladies bring it up at dinner. But then we go to Robin's house and we see that she is getting her business together. Not only does she flip the houses, people, but she just started her own hat line and there's some clothes there. And by the way, her hats are fucking awesome because I bought one. Yes, this bitch has one. I got the love one. So cute. So comfortable embellished is her company name check that shit out she's got an instagram account for it the hats are so hot that sometimes you got to pre-order them i had to do it with my hat but it was worth the wait and you even get like a nice little message from robin so bitches i got her autograph what okay uh so yeah her hats are really cool i really dig them because i'm a huge hat person so shout out to robin thank you for the hat love it uh and go check out her shit because the hats are really really nice quality so we see her talking about the uh, the hat business and everything like that when she's getting her orders together uh, with her boys. And that was really cute that they were trying to help her out. And then, <laughs> then they just ended up taking the hat and putting on the sweatshirt. That was fun. Gotta love kids, you know? Um, so after we see that, then we go back to Candace, who is meeting up with one of her friends, Clifton. And she is kind of reflecting on the process of uh, pressing charges and doing the testimony and all that kind of thing. And she also brings up her frustration that she's having with Karen on how Karen's definitely just in the middle of this whole situation. Candace feels like Karen should be on her side. And because Karen isn't really taking a side, Candace is frustrated with that because she looks at Karen as a mother figure. And someone upstairs is doing work right now. And that's kind of annoying. But anyways, let's just continue on. 
So then we move on back to Wendy and Eddie going to this museum for the potential use of their sip and see party. Wendy expresses that she wants Cameron to be very cultured and uh, interested in art and all that kind of shit. So they're like, why not pick a museum? So that's where they ended up having the sip and see. And while they're trying to make that decision, Eddie and her having a conversation about the invitations and Eddie brings up, you know, I really want to extend the olive branch to my family because one of his sons came up to him one day and said, hey, daddy, does grandpa have a beard like you? And his dad didn't really know what to say. So he felt like my kids are asking me all these questions about their grandparents and I can't really answer for them because one, they never really met them. And I really think it's important for them to be a part of their lives and be very present. So he told Wendy, I'm going to extend the olive branch. We see him send the text and we see at the end of the episode, unfortunately, they did not show up. That was a very hard moment to see. It was very sad and I just fell for them. I mean, there's no words. It, It was disappointing. It was disappointing to see that. So after we see the museum decision go down, we go back to Ashley going to her Uncle Lump's house. I love Uncle Lump. I think he is the coolest dude. He has been the father figure to Ashley ever since her father went out of her life. And we all saw how that thing turned out. What was it last season when she went to um, Atlanta to try to talk to him and he just like shut the door in her face? That sucked. It really did. So Uncle Lump has filled in that void of the father figure for Ashley that she basically never had. Then we see her mom show up as a surprise because I guess she had some like shit done to her eye and whatnot and like some medical procedure or whatever. So she told Ashley she wasn't going to come, but she surprised her. Yay. And then there, Ashley is sharing the experience with her Uncle Lump and her mother about the therapy session that she had with Michael. Uncle Lump basically said something that was on point 100%. And he said that, Ashley, your focus needs to be on baby Dean. And apparently Michael is having a problem that you can't entertain him as much anymore, which is very true. But guess what? You have a fucking baby. That's what life is. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Michael, but that's what it is. And I know that. And I'm not even fucking married. And I'm not even a mom. But I know that shit. You're like 50, 60 some years old. Why don't you know that shit? (sighs) Anyways... Uncle Lump continues and says that there is no excuse for what happened. And in those types of events, the whole, hey, I potentially had an affair and I slept with someone else. In those types of events, you know, you know exactly what you're doing. It's very true. You do know. Okay. Everyone knows right from wrong. Let's just be real. Everyone knows, but you still choose to do it. So Uncle Lump says, you need to have enough willpower in yourself to have interest in your family than your penis. Basically, he's saying, Michael, you're fucking selfish. That wasn't cool. And he can't wait to see Michael again because he feels like Michael needs to take accountability. And you know how he's going to take accountability? By being super uncomfortable in front of Ashley's family because you know they're going to tear his ass apart. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Team Uncle Lump for sure because he knows what's up. He's a real man. And I think, Michael, you should uh, aspire to be him. That's all I'm saying. So that was an interesting conversation that was definitely necessary. Also, fun fact of that conversation, we learned that, hey, you know what? Ashley's obsessed, super obsessed with popping pimples, which is disgusting. But let's just be real. Who doesn't enjoy 
a good pimple popping. I mean, might sound disgusting, but I'm going to sit here and say, Ashley, I kind of support you, girl. I don't mind popping the pimples. There's kind of like a sense of uh, satisfaction (laughs) whenever you do it. This sounds so gross. I'm probably going to lose listeners for this, but (laughs) anyways, there is some sense of satisfaction when you get a good pimple and you're just like, yeah, motherfucker, I got you. And now I'm free. I am free. My skin is open and good to go. Obviously, we don't want scarring or anything because sometimes that happens. But don't get down on Ashley for the pimple popping because we all know secretly there are some of you that love it as much as she does. And me too. (laughs) So after the whole Ashley Uncle Lump talk, then we get to, ooh, the sip and see for baby Cameron. And this is like probably the best thing of the episode. Okay, let's just... (laughs) Robin, Miss, I'm late to everything all the time. I don't wear a clock because I don't show up on time. I show up when I feel like it. Robin shows up to the party (laughs) earlier than the hosts. She shows up earlier than Wendy and Eddie. And can we also notice the damn suit pink dress that she was wearing? I mean, hashtag channeling your inner Erica Jane and Lisa Rinna. But who wore it best? Really, who do you think really wore that best? I have uh, my thoughts on it. I would say Robin wore it best, and it's not just because I'm so uh, biased towards, one, her, but also the Real Housewives of Potomac. I like them better than the Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's just my thing. I'm owning my truth. But I just think that she looked better in it. I thought it looked better on her. That's just my own opinion. But what do you guys think? Who do you think wore it better? Robin, Erica, or Lisa Rinna? And to go further on the pink dress, I did see on Watch What Happens Live, Robin did say that she filmed in that dress before the episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills did go up when, in fact, we saw the dresses on Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane. So who really bought the dress first? We don't know. We don't know. But... It seemed like Robin might have worn it first, but she definitely was saying I was not influenced to buy that dress from these two ladies because I didn't see that episode until after I filmed my shit. So yeah, what do you guys think? Who wore it better? Let me know. DM me. Make a comment. Let's talk. So as soon as we see Wendy and Eddie show up to the party, Robin (laughs) Robin goes up and says, hey, welcome to your own party. You're a little late. (laughs) And apparently Robin got the time wrong. She thought it was a six o'clock or seven or something. And it was really at eight o'clock. I guess, Robin, you got to pay attention to the invite. So we all know that Robin's never going to be early and or on time ever again. That was a funny moment to see. So as soon as all the girls arrive, they're kind of talking about, hey, uh, Candace dropped these charges on Monique. And we obviously saw that when Eddie and Wendy were in the car driving to uh, the ceremony. So they're all be talking about that. 
So the ceremony starts. You see Wendy calling up her mother and her sister. And she's basically saying that she wants baby Cameron to embody her sister and her mother because those are the two strongest women that Wendy has in her life. And she wants baby Cameron to grow up basically to be just like them, to have the power, the strength that these two powerful women have and impacted Wendy with her life. So that was a really pretty moment. And And I love the fact that Wendy is sharing how close she is with her family and you can just see the closeness with them. I appreciate that. And, you know, we see a lot of toxicity within some of the family dynamics on the Housewives shows. But I really feel like with this particular family unit, I think you can clearly see that it's very strong. There's a lot of love there. And I appreciated that. I fucking loved it. So, yeah. So then we see the celebration. She talks about how in the Nigerian culture with the tradition, you spray, which is basically you're spraying money to celebrate you. And I guess the word was ego or yeah, I don't think it was ego. From what I remember, I think it's ego, but that's basically meaning money in Igbo. That's what she says. So they're spraying to celebrate baby Cameron with all the money dropping on the floor. And then we fast forward. And then we look, cut to Giselle in her confessional room. She's saying, I want to be Nigerian. Can I be Nigerian? Giselle, love you. That was hysterical. And I think bravo, bravo to you for doing it as far as the edits. That was hilarious. I enjoyed that. Made me laugh. Good old chuckle uh, for the Kim here. <laughs> So then we go to dinner and we see Giselle. She loves to start this shit. I love it. But she didn't do it in a way where she knew that things were going to get bad because they weren't really. I mean, it wasn't like hair tug thing. So I guess it wasn't that bad. But she brings up, you know, hey, Miss Dorothy, nice to see you. How long are you in town? Miss Dorothy says, oh, I'm here this weekend. I'm trying to be here for Candace because she's going through a lot. And uh, then that's how Giselle had that open door saying, hey, what about those charges? Like, what the fuck's up? Uh, My phone's been blowing up. Hello. Talk to us. And then Robin chimes in and she's like, so is the goal for Monique to go to jail? And then we have Candace saying the goal is to get justice from what the law determines and what the law decides, basically. So Giselle chimes back in and she's like, well, I looked up what second degree assault is and that's pretty serious. Like, we don't want her to go to jail. She needs to take accountability for her actions, but we don't want her to go to jail. But then you see, cut to Candace. She's like, we don't. That's part of the reason why you got freaking punched and shit in the first place. Because you say stupid, like you start shit. You start it. Okay. Again, I don't promote violence. That is not a good thing. But I also don't promote heckling and doing all that shit that you were doing and that you still do because you did it with Ashley at the dinner table. Because Ashley brings up, I wasn't there, but I was in the bathroom and there was yelling going on. Then you cut to Candace again when she's saying, there was not yelling, there was elevated speaking. Bitch, it was yelling. Come on. There was yelling. You were yelling at her. She was yelling at you. Take accountability that you were yelling at each other. That's not even that big of a deal. (sighs) So then after we see Miss Dorothy say it was an assault and then Giselle said, yes, it was. And then when Ashley chimes back in, Robin and Giselle are like, hey, you weren't even there. You were in the bathroom. And then Candace feels that I guess Ashley is being paid by Monique and or her team to stick up for Monique. 
with Ashley's response saying, I'm married to a millionaire. Why, why would I need to be paid? And then you got Candace opening up her mouth again. And this is part of the reason why the lions come out of the den to get you. And she's like, yeah, you're married to him. Not for long. Then love the fact that Chris came over to her and said, shut up. I didn't really love the way that he did it because I thought that was slightly disrespectful towards women. I'm not down for that. He could have done it in a better manner. But he wanted to uh, not have the whole event escalate because it didn't need to. I appreciated that. Didn't appreciate him literally saying, shut up. That wasn't cool. But he knew that it was going to go somewhere that it can totally be avoided. So props up to you, Chris. And that's why Chris is so good for Candace, because I think he's going to keep her grounded. Because I think when she gets into a certain spot, she's going to go off the handle verbally, maybe not physically like Monique did. But she gets that way vocally. And we all know that because we've seen it in seasons past. So after the bickering between Ashley and Candace, Karen kind of comes in to try to mediate everything, calm everyone down. But then Candace approaches her and says, you know what? You're so in the middle with this whole situation. And Robin is saying in her confessional that with Karen not really admitting on whose side that she's on is basically expressing that she is really on Monique's side because she can't even have an answer. Even though we see her say... After the turn of events and with what's going on, her opinion has changed, but because she doesn't know the extent of everything, she doesn't want to announce anything at the moment. So she wants to keep it to herself, and because she didn't even do that, all the girls are saying that she's kind of disregarding Candace's feelings, and it basically shows that she is more on supporting Monique than she is with Candace. I don't know if I agree with that. There could be truth to that. But I also think Karen's just like, I don't want to get fucking involved because this is not my fight to fight. So it's kind of she's pulling a Vicky Gumbelson. She wants everyone to be friends. She wants everyone to have a casserole. It's a gesture. She had a bedore. So that's where I think Karen's head is at at this moment. So as soon as the party ends, you see everyone leave. Then you see Wendy and Eddie talking about how his parents did not show up. His side of the family did not show up. And Eddie's there saying he was very hopeful that it would happen, but he also didn't want to be let down by them because he said, I was not going to let them devastate me on this happy occasion for baby Cameron. So he was hopeful, but it's not going to take him down essentially because he already allowed them to do that in the past and he didn't want to take away from the celebration and the love and the happiness he was getting from his other guests. So power to you, Eddie and Wendy. It was sad to see that at the end, but uh, life does not always offer you roses all the time. Let's get on to the Dueling Divas. Again, easy. Dueling Divas. Hello, Candace, Monique. Charges are dropped. I wonder if they're going to show Monique pressing charges against Candace on the show. Because I remember back, uh, how many months ago was it when I when I spoke about them dropping charges on each other? Because obviously that is not, they did not follow through. They both dropped the charges. So I wonder if in the show they show that. But that's all I got for the Dueling Divas. We know why they're dueling. And uh, I wonder currently where they are in their relationship. No, fuck that. I wonder where Chris and Chris are in their relationship. Are they still friends? That's what I want to know. Does anyone follow them? Do they even have an Instagram account? I should probably look that shit up. But I'm probably kind of curious because 
I'm feeling and assuming that the relationship between Candace and Monique is non-existent. But Chris and Chris, how are Yin's guys doing? Let us know. Now as we get to the weekly Shane, <laughs> Robin throws this out there. It's kind of cute. It's about the whole being early and or late. So Robin basically looks at Wendy saying, hey, welcome to your own party. Like you're late to your own party. Like what the hell? <laughs> but again, as I said, Robin had the wrong time. <laughs> so she was way early. <laughs> And um, so the mean shade here, I mean, the, the best shade, I think, was the whole Robin Wendy thing. That was cute. Ha ha ha. Low key. Mean shade, obviously thrown by Candace to Ashley. See, Candace throws the mean shade. All the other women, it's kind of mean, but not really mean. It's like in a jokingly way. We all know that Candace wasn't joking, saying you're not going to be married to Michael for long. So Monique is paying you to be her friend and all this shit. So that was mean shade. Candace, you didn't have to say it like that. You said it in a way to maliciously hurt someone and bring someone else down because you feel like your life is in the pits. And in the pits is coming up in the quote of the week. It's hilarious. Yes, yes, yes. So why don't we just go there now? So I have two little quotes and um, it's from Wendy and it's also from Robin again regarding the time of the ceremony of Cameron's sip and see. So <laughs> I, I would say this one probably is my quote of the week from Miss Robin, our green-eyed bandit. And she says, this on-timeness is in the pits. Yes, honey, this on-timeness is in the pits. Hashtag on-timeness, okay? Let, can we start a hashtag with that? Because that's hilarious. I've never heard of that, but I really want to do that also, too. I was talking to my friend the other day. This is a side note, uh, just because it's on my mind, because I said hashtag. Talking to my girlfriend yesterday, she was telling me something about her, uh, you know, personal life, all that kind of stuff, you know, whatever. And when she told me a certain thing, I was just like, girl, I'm dead, but I'm woke. So then we came up with a word. Word. But apparently it's already a, a word on UrbanDictionary.com or whatever. And I looked it up and I was just like, that is not the way that our word is. So we call it dwoke, D-W-O-K-E. And to us, not the Urban Dictionary, but we came up with our own meaning. Dwoke means I'm so dead that I'm woke. So we hashtag dwoke. So I don't know if Yin's guys are for that, but I kind of like our definition of dwoke better. Like we are so dead, but I'm woke. We should try to make this a thing. That's all I'm saying. So hashtag dwoke, tag me in your Instagram stories. Like, like let's make this a huge thing because that would be fucking fun and I love it. So yes, hashtag on timeness, love it. Hashtag dwoke, let's get it started. Tag your girl, tag a bitch, that's me. And let's get back to the quote. So the other quote that I got was Wendy <laughs> when she said to Robin about being on time, she said, I'm Nigerian. What, why would you be on time? So that kind of made me chuckle, ha ha ha. But again, my quote of the week is from Miss Robin. This on timeness is in the pits. So with that, I'd like to reflect on this season of Potomac versus The Real Housewives of New York City. I feel like with Potomac, because this season is so serious with the whole hair tug from Monique to Candace, I find that there isn't as much funny type of shade thrown by the ladies. If anything, it's probably more Giselle to Karen, Karen to Giselle, etc., 
but I don't find it as comical as whenever the New York ladies were throwing shade against each other. Like that shit was funny and ridiculous and it literally wasn't in mean, malicious spirit. I think it was just all in fun to poke the bear a little bit, but not to the point where, hey, I'm going to cut a bitch. So also too, because of the seriousness of Potomac, and this is like real life shit drama. This isn't like drama that's, this isn't a dramedy here like we saw in Roni this season. I mean, there were some serious parts for sure, but Potomac is definitely much more serious as far as what's going on. So I haven't really seen as much weekly shade that's hysterical to me. Maybe a few things here and there. And the quotes aren't as silly like we hear from Sonia or Ramona saying, I don't wear masks in the ocean. I don't wear masks in the ocean. So it's not as uh, it's not as lighthearted. So this shit is hella serious. But guess what? I am with these women. I think they are strong ass bitches. I love them. They inspire me to be a strong ass woman. And uh, I look up to you guys. I really do. And some people might find that hysterical, but I don't care what those people think because I do look up to these housewives as being strong ass women. They are independent, they are individuals, and they don't give a shit of what people think. And I think that's an incredible trait to have. And I think they're very inspirational to a lot of young women, aka me. So keep doing your shit because I enjoy you. You make me laugh. You make me nervous. You make me all of those emotions. And I feel like I know Yin's guys personally. Clearly I don't, but uh, I just appreciate you. And I love what you bring to the show. And I always look forward to watching you ladies on the boob tube. So thank you. (sighs) That was my admiration towards our housewives. Clearly I'm obsessed, but you guys already know. So thank you so much, guys, for listening to yet another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I really appreciate your ears and your time. Please follow me on Instagram at Bravo Yinzer, Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R, and follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. Believe spelled B-L-E-A-V. Let's have a dialogue on Instagram send out stories, tag me, hashtag Dwoke. Let's get this Dwoke thing going because I think that'd be fucking fabulous. So I can't wait to see what's coming up in Potomac. We're going to see that Juan is telling Robin's parents that he's about to propose to her again. So there were some faces on there. So I'm curious as to uh, the reaction because it looked a little confusing whenever we saw it as the preview for next week. Let's see where the whole Bronwyn thing with the alcoholism is going and just where is the OC going because I'm not really sure. Again, I'm not as excited as I'd want to be, but um, you know what? Life isn't always roses. That's what I said earlier. That might be a hashtag too. Who knows? But uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you guys. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.